Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. What's up, everybody? It is Angelique Nori, and as always, to my left is David Nori, my beloved, and we are excited to come to you today with a really interesting topic on rock and roll and how that correlates to your life. Now, I know David has been dying to get this episode out because if you know anything about him, you know he loves to teach and reference pop culture, both with music and sports. That wouldn't happen to be the journalism a journalist in him after the last 25 years of writing and referencing. However, I've had to tone him down a bit because yes, yes, he I... will literally tell you the life story of every rock and roll band there ever was. But I'm not going to allow him to today. David, not. go ahead. Yeah, honey. I'm sitting here with my hands uh, clinched between my knees because I've been instructed to temper it down. Yeah, but you were also playing with your beard, which makes me insane. Anyone that has a beard out there, you know Ugh. you think better if you if you twist it no. or you mess with it. It's like it something about the neurons in your brain just fire quicker. So oh you're going to have to bear with me on that oh one. Oh, God. Please All right. stop. It's so music, yes. Gosh, I love music. I've watched just about every documentary on every single rock band. And, you know, here this at the Turn true. On podcast, what we want to do is we want to tell people how to turn on different areas of their life. So I went to my wife the other day and I said, babe, I said, it's amazing how the reasons why rock bands or any, any band really does not be rock, how they break up is so much like what happens in life. It's just like this kind of microcosm of what happens in our marriages or our neighborhoods or in our families. And essentially rock bands are like a little family and I've studied them all. So I, I'm not going to use all of my notes Ange. don't worry, <laughs> but, um, uh, he would literally write a book. Well, he is writing a book, but let, he would let's just go. Let's go with a quiz. Do you he know could who, write a book. do you know who Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike are? Is that Bell Biv DeVoe? New no. edition? It's, well, with Ralph Tresvant, it would be the new edition. I'm just testing you. Okay. So the new edition. I pay attention. Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, who's my favorite band of all time? Led Zeppelin. Okay. Led Zeppelin. This is one of the things, one of the reasons people break up is addiction. So John Bottom, their drummer. This is just a weird stat. I mean, it's not, I, I would never say it's, it's just kind of, it's odd. He, he passed away. He drank the equivalent of 40 shots of vodka in a 12-hour period. Now, the, the thought of that makes me want to puke. Oh, I can't. Well, That's I mean, awful. That's so sad. He was 32, babe. That is so sad. 32. And Led Zeppelin, 
in my opinion, the best band of all time. But think of what else they had down the road that they could have accomplished. And they, they never got back together. Once he was gone, they like, that's it. Wow. What a, you know, this is sort of off topic, but we'll, we'll talk about like order and big four and turning on your life and sort of like the perversion of what happens when we flip it up on its head and how sad that these guys were truly, truly operating within their God-given gifts and it got perverted along the way by an addiction. And sadly, he's not here anymore to serve the world and move them with music, with those talents, with the beautiful God-given gifts that he had. The best drummer of all time. So sad. Yeah. So sad. It's incredible how things can get perverted so easily. Well, we see this a lot in Hollywood. We see this a lot in music because it, they're out there. But this is happening in homes all across America. No this is, doubt. It's destroying families. It's destroying marriages. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's sad. So um, if you juxtapose that story with um, the one from uh, Brian Welsh of Korn, you have a positive ending mm. to a, a, the same so type amazing. of deadly addiction of drugs and alcohol. So Brian Welsh of Corn has a child and he is, his daughter even tells a story of her dad doing drugs and having naked women around the house when she was a little girl. I mean, it's, oh. it's kind of disturbing. Oh my gosh. But his lawyer takes him to church one day to get turned on and he listens. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but he comes home, takes this huge pile of cocaine, rolls up a $100 bill because he said that's, the, that's how he used to do it. And he looks up at the sky. He says, you know, Jesus, if you're real, take this addiction, take this pain away from me. He does a line, passes out. Wakes up, never does it again. And then, did he, did he have a ministry? Well, I mean, no, that's, that's, that's Stephen Baldwin. That oh, okay. Ministry, okay. But, you know, same type but of story. still, yeah. What's happening here, guys, it's, it's this music Hollywood reference is something if if people are so successful we kind of preface this in our first episode but if people are so successful in one area of their life in this case John Bottom you know just a super talented drummer musician ultra successful you know money for the rest of his life but I don't know what he was missing but something wasn't there you know I don't I don't know what his faith was I don't know what his personal relationships were like but what we're talking about is balance. So let's forget about the the band for a second and talk about us. If we're not in balance and we're paying attention too much to one part of our life, our bodies, mm -hmm. or paying attention to one part of our life, our careers, mm -hmm. uh, others could suffer. So what we're looking to do is help people turn on and find that balance. Well, you know, I always look at this like what God meant for good, the enemy can turn for bad. So if you just talked about if one, if you're just all in for your body or all in for your career, it could easily be perverted for vanity in your body. It could easily be perverted for an addiction in mm -hmm. having your body to look a certain way and then leading you down a path of, you know, emotional, emotional issues with food, uh, uh, body disorder. Uh, what dysmorphia. You dysmorphia. Thank you. Could not think of that word. Um, food addictions, eating disorders. When it comes to um, money, you know, money is the tool to create goodness in the world if it's in the hands of right people. But it could also just amplify the reasons to pervert it. So if you're chasing 
revenue versus chasing purpose, ooh, that's when things can get flipped up on its head. And it can definitely destroy different areas of your life and start costing you yep. peace and love and relationship and connection, harmony, right? Life. In this case, it costs life. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, here at the two turned on podcast, what we want to do is we want to make sure that it's simple and, and everything I believe is more simple than we make it out to be. Because these problems are heavy duty, like addictions, heavy duty, uh, weight loss or getting in shape, heavy duty, marriage, uh, career, all that stuff. They're the big four. So of course they carry a lot of weight, but here's how we make it simple. So let's take, let's take our body and let's take this example of Brian Welsh in faith. So someone, his lawyer at the time just said, Hey, you should come with me, come with me to church. That's as about as simple as it gets. Mm-hmm. Didn't force him to, didn't drag him, didn't, you know, lecture him. Just said, hey, you should come with me. And he come did. And see. Yeah. So let's take that to the body. We have a friend who uh, was on a work site with a guy who was really overweight, o- uh, morbidly obese. And they were going upstairs. And these are alpha males, right? Big dude, con- heavy duty construction worker guys. Uh, and, the, and the bigger guy was kind of wheezing and puff, you know, have a hard time breathe going up these stairs. Mm-hmm. And he said, you got to go without me. Uh, I need some time to rest. Later on that day, his buddy comes back by and says, Hey, I can help you with that. And he walked away. He walked away. And the guy said, later on, he says, Hey, how mean? could, how could yeah, you help how me? Can you help me. And to make a long story short, he helped end up helping that guy lose a hundred pounds and there was the ripple effect in his life where so amazing. Uh, he, he took a new job. He started exercising. Now he's living in Hawaii. He's windsurfing. Uh, his, his marriage is better. His kids aren't worried about him anymore. So there's the ripple effect in two instances of a life that's turned on by someone just saying, hey, either come with me. Or I can help you with that. So that's the beauty of being able to turn on one thing at a time is it, it like becomes the on-ramp, right? Like I think of it like an interstate. It's just like the on-ramp for uh, the next step in your life. It's just when we, you don't get off <laughs> at the right exit and mm. you start going down the same lane over and over and over and over again and it burns out and then you never turn on the other areas. This is why one of the big four that's, I think, the primary for everything, in our opinion, in our walk, is our faith, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're tuned into God, if that relationship was strong, then it's going to be really hard, not impossible, but really hard for you to pervert it in your personal being or in your marriage or in your career. Now, there's a difference. God can be important to you but he may not be the main thing. And when something else becomes the main thing, that's when we can get in trouble. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. Because if we're, if we're looking at what's what we started off with, uh, and the reasons why bands break up, you know, you're looking at things like lack of fulfillment, petty arguments. It always starts as something small, Mm. Uh, money. Mm-hmm. So if you look at your home right now and your marriage and your family, or you look at your business partners and you own a business with somebody, 
Um, how many arguments have you had over money? Uh, trust of money. You know, who's, who's controlling it? Uh, who's getting more? Is somebody screwing me out of mine? Um, that happens in the house as well. Mm-hmm. If you look at petty arguments, you know, hey, I'm, I'm doing all the dishes. You're not doing any of the dishes. I took out the trash. You're not. Oh, gosh. I, do, I know I do that. I'm so sorry. No, I mean, these are things. <laughs> and then the big one, lack of fulfillment. Like these bands that are super groups, the Eagles, the Four Seasons, Pink Floyd, um, Fleetwood Mac, they're super groups. And anybody would say, I would love that. There's a lot of, we live in Music City, babe. We do. There's a lot of people out there that would give their left arm for the type of success that these bands had. But these bands, what happens is they get used to it because like we said about in the beginning of our first episode is these are like hallways of your life, the big four, like long hallways. And they might be turned on with light for a little bit, but as you go down that hallway of life in the decades, you're going to need to keep turning lights on to see the end. Mm -hmm. So I want you to picture that. We'll slow down a minute here. Each area of the big four in your life is like a long hallway. And maybe you're in your 20s and you're at the beginning of that hallway. And there's a lot of light. Your health is good. You're vibrant. You got you know, a good job, a good career. But as you go in your 30s and your 40s, you're going to need to keep flipping switches to turn that light on. So if you look at the reason why some of these bands broke up, it's the reason why so many marriages are failing these days. It's the reason why so many business partners who see success early on end up arguing and not even talking to each other later on in their life. Well, that's really interesting as I was picturing that as you kind of visually walked me through that hallway and we start turning on new switches as we go. Um, I'm sure you've heard me say it before, David, is I don't believe in one modality of exercise. Well, that's something you've had to really pound in my head because I was an old school, uh, four sets of four bench. Yep two-hour workout, yep. and what happened is it ended up ruining my joints. It also, so here's, he, he just talked about something super practical, so this is what I want you guys to listen for. David said four sets of four, bench, you know, pounding the weights. That is very rigid. It is very linear. It is one modality. It is a rule that he followed, and all of a sudden, it didn't work after a while. And when it stopped working, it also started hurting. So when I say I don't believe in one modality, it's more, it's just something, it has a lot to do with preventing injury and, and boredom and things of that nature. But also our bodies are very intuitive. Our relationships can't be one modality. I'm not going to have the same conversations with my husband over and over and over again. I'm not going to live the same year over and over and over again. I'm not going to um, do the same business over and over and over again. There's going to be an evolution to that. There's going to be an intuitive walk in my faith. There's going to be an intuitive walk in how I build my spirit, build my body, build my mental capacity, because if not, it stops growing. And we get, we get stuck in this rigid, rule-based, almost fear-based intention. Like you had fear around, if you didn't work out that way, then you would lose size or lose mass. I even had fear like that years ago as a competitor. Like if I didn't eat a certain way or go to a certain class or work out a certain way, I would lose everything. I mean, I've had to 
rest for the better part of a whole year because my body asked me to. And I was more intuitive in the way I moved and the more intuitive in the way I ate. And that's what we talk about a long hallway. You got to look at this for the long haul. What's intuitive in nature to you in your relationship with, with God and those conversations? They're not rule-based conversations. They're not repetitive conversations. Those conversations should be heartfelt. They should be different every time. These are important in the way that you move your body, the way you feed your body, mm-hmm. the way you build your, your brain, the way you build your spirituality. It's also important in your marriage and your family with your kids and your business. So again, out of the rigid need to be right, need to follow a rule, need to check off the box and more moving into a God shape, like I like to call it, something that really doesn't have a true shape at all, except the one that was called for you alone. Mm-hmm. So Sir? it will, if we're talking about, if we're talking about flipping a switch, there's also, you know, there's the there's going to be times in all of those big four where you're going to have to make decisions. And I think what happens is people get mired down in the procrastinating and the contemplating. And again, that goes back to being turned on. Uh, are you procrastinating about a career change? Are you contemplating taking up exercise? Uh, how can we look at this in the long haul in terms of a rock and roll example here? I'm going to throw at you again. Um, I'm going to go for one of the longest hauls. I mean, you talk about a, a group with just hit after hit after hit, and their their lead singer is still singing today. And what is he? Nine, almost ninety. Frankie Valley. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's put it this way: Frankie Valley's been there. singing for decades. We but, got the chance to meet him, by the way, and he was amazing. He was amazing. Our little girl, who was Ella, was what five at the time? Yep. Maybe younger. No, she was five. She was turning five, and it was her birthday. And she loves Frankie Valley. Well, we took her to see um, the Jersey Boys. Yeah. And it was one of those decisions where we were like, we weren't sure. Uh, and here she is at the end, and she's crying. And I'm like, what happened? She's like, oh, God, I don't want my favorite singer to retire. And I'm like, <laughs> no, babe, that's the end of the show. Uh, he's still singing. Don't worry. But <laughs> she made me play his music every day on the way to school. So if you've seen the Jersey Boys play... If you've seen the movie or you know anything about the Four Seasons, um, super duper successful, came out of nowhere, and then they had this hiccup. Uh, Tommy DeVito, you see all in the movie, he racked up a bunch of money with the IRS and and tax debt. He racked up a bunch of money with a loan shark, uh, the mob, and Norm Waxman. And here you have little Frankie Valley just says, all right. Let's just keep doing it. He's like, I'll, I'll take on the, I'll take on the debt. Let's keep going. So a split decision turned on, didn't contemplate it, didn't procrastinate. Just said, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Um, not an easy decision, but they were at a time in their life when the light was off in that long hallway, mm. and they had to find a way to turn it back on. Sometimes it's not always easy. And how do you relate this to your own? life well maybe it's your business maybe it's your business partner and you're at a at a crossroads and you don't know what to do you got to make a good sound decision and just keep plugging away he was kept singing and it worked out well he used it as a reflection right his his partner's behavior wasn't so good 
and he could have reacted in a different way that could have been, you know, detrimental to the success, but he used it as a reflection of what his overall mission was. Now, sometimes that comes with compromise in a way that's not so favorable. So I personally, you know, I believe, I I think that what he did was make a good decision, but overall, when it comes to relationships, like I'm not going to compromise who I am for somebody else's shortcomings. Okay. But let's, let's relate it to this is most often going to happen in a marriage. Okay. So we're talking about how these bands are like marriages or it could happen in a long-term business relationship. Sure. Someone that you once loved and grew up with and went through all the hard times with. So let's just break it down to that. Yeah. So these four guys went through everything together since teenagers, you know, they struggled. I'm sure they, they struggled for money. They probably, you know, ate out of uh, their car, slept in their car, just like many new marriages do, just like many new businesses do. So if you go through all that stuff and you're halfway there and you're making all those good decisions and then something happens and it will, it, it will, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to expect bad things to happen, but you can't be naive. You know, there's going to be a point in your marriage. There's going to be a point in your business where things aren't rosy and that's when people turn to other things and they turn off and they do what? Well, I'm just going to have a few drinks. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, smoke this or snort this. Uh, I'm just going to be with this person because I'm not happy in my marriage. And what happens is that's a cascading effect that ultimately leads to a dead end. Well, it's like an 80-20 rule. We hear 80-20 rules all the time. And I'm going to use it in in an analogy here for a relationship. So um, I believe that I don't, first of all, I, I hate when people say 50-50 in a relationship. Hey, it's 50-50 in a marriage. No, it's not. Like I need to be a complete person. I can't expect David to fill my gaps and quote unquote complete me. And I can't expect him to do the same. I'm not going to do that for him. We are full. We are in the, in the fullness and the likeness of God. So why should we come halfway? So it's a hundred, a hundred. That's first. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be that other person's 100%. So when you come to the table, David, and maybe you're meeting 80% of what I feel that I need or want in a relationship, the problem is, is that many people have their 80% and then they start poking at the 20% that, that it's missing. The 20% that they need the 20% that that's not there. The 20% that's replaced by something that's annoying, right? And they find the 20% in someone or in something else, right? And then they start chasing that 20%. Man, that's the 20% I've been missing. That's the 20% I've been looking for. That's the 20% void that I have been wanting to fill. I'm going to go over here and get that 20%. And let's, this might come in an affair, right? And then all of a sudden, man, does it feel good to have that 20%. I missed this 20% and it breaks up. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and realize your 80% that you had before was a hell of a lot more than the 20% that you have now. You're never going to find perfection. We're always going to fall short. But if you look in a at a partner, and in this case, we're talking about that in marriage. If we're looking at our marriage and we've realized that it's not always going to be perfect. We're not perfect. We're human. You know, we fall short every single day, but if we can look at ourselves first 
and we can improve ourselves first. If we are committed to being better every day first ourselves, if we're committed to excellence with humility every day first in ourselves, then we'll realize that there's no room for us to try to change other people because I'm going to get nowhere trying to change David. I need to work within the favor that God gave me. He needs to work within the favor that God gave him. We're going to work in favor together. And then every once in a while, we're going to get to swap those strengths, right? And you're going to help me work on areas that I'm weak in. And I'm going to help you work on areas that you're weak in. But I'm not going to do it by force. We're going to do it by love and grace, forgiveness. And we're going to do it with humility. And we're also going to do it with with a loving correction that comes from not ourselves and our ego, but from the divine one that created us. And if we could look at things that way, I think there'd be less breakups, whether it's a band, a business, or your beloved. Oh, man. I love the way you said that. And that's so true. It is so true, babe. You know, because people, you know, I I pride myself on, on not going to cliches, but sometimes you have to. Like, the grass is not always greener on the other side. And a lot of people look for that 20% uh, thinking it's going to be better, and you're right, they fall back. I mean... You just don't know what you got until it's gone. That's another cliche. So I'm just pounding them out here. Um, but if we look at bands, I mean, some of these bands get together. Um, I'll take the Eagles, for example. They break up because they had just spent too long with each other. Uh, they, they, they actually were going to fight on stage. It's their last concert, 1980. And um, Don Felder, the guitarist, and Glenn Fry were arguing about some political thing. And who is going to sing more songs? And they're on stage, and it's a live mic, and they're singing this song about love. And in the background, he's like, I can't wait till we get off three more songs, and I'm going to beat your ass, right? (laughs) And they're really fighting, and they smash a guitar afterward, but that was the last performance until Hell Freezes Over. And do you know why it was called Hell Freezes Over Tour? Probably because they said they would never get together again unless hell froze over. You are a smart, smart girl. (laughs) Yes. But they get back together. And here's the thing. They get back together. And and Don Henley says, look, he goes, men grow up. And and this goes a lot. I'm going to speak for most men because you women are definitely more mature than us. And we are are, in our youth. We are just crazy. Um, He said, we started this band in our 20s and we were kids. So how many of you guys out there, when you were kids, you think back, you're like, geez, in my 20s, I knew absolutely nothing. But he says, we learn how to tolerate one another, and our differences are not as dramatic. So there's always that hump, babe. There's a hump in a business. There's that hump in your, in your physical journey with your body, maybe that spiritual journey that you're going on, and certainly in a marriage, yeah. that if you just fight, and you stay turned on, and you don't give up in the middle, you'll get over it. And you learn that, hey, you know those things we fought about? We're stupid. I love you, babe. You know, those things that it was the trash or, you know, or who was going to take the kids to school. I mean, these little trivial things got in between the bigger thing, which is why we got together. It's crazy. And, and you realize that you're always better together than you are apart, I think, for the most part. For the most part. 
for the most part. But we, you know, hey, listen, you can't be everything for me and I can't be everything for you. And that's why fellowship is important. That's why male mentorship is important and friendship for you and same for me. Um, You know, we can't be everything for our spouse, but we can be a lot. We can definitely be a lot. And I think we're going to keep using that that kind of metaphor, that analogy, the hallway. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you look at each one of those big four as a long hallway and having to turn the light on every now and then, um, you know, Joe Walsh was like the ultimate room basher. He was known for like just wrecking rooms. Here we go. And he had this huge... Well, this is funny because he had this huge... Uh, Cocaine addiction, drug addiction. He leaves the band when they split up, obviously. He comes back, and in the documentary, it shows him kissing his, like, 10-year-old daughter backstage. So it's funny because he says things are different now. Like, you grow up. You learn. And I know that I'm a different person now because I have two little girls than I was when I first met you. Mm -hmm. You are perpetually 16, though. There's there's a teenage boy trapped in your 40-something body and i have to deal with him on a daily basis okay. which is sometimes worse than my seven and three-year-old put together combined with a puppy <laughs> oh my gosh are you really saying that right and, now and then- i will make one more plug before we go Ang. uh the brian welsh story it's amazing there's a movie called loud crazy love and it's all about the rock and roll lifestyle and how he came uh to see a higher power so it's really cool check it out All right, folks, this is Angelique and David Norrie with Turned On. And we are grateful for you joining us here today and grateful for you joining us hopefully again tomorrow with our next episodes. So stay tuned, folks. Rock and roll.